0: I'd, I'd like to read the first one is in First uh, Peter chapter one. Uh, it's funny that Brother John, you know, read that uh, quote there, because that's uh, it goes right along with with my message and the fact that we, we've got to be prepared, because um, this world certainly is. Um, so in First Peter chapter one. We'll read uh, verses 13 through 16, and if you want to go ahead and stick your finger over in Daniel chapter 1, we'll we'll turn there here after a little bit. But in 1 Peter chapter 1, starting on verse 13, it says, wherefore gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance. But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Station. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Okay. Let us pray. Father God, Lord, I come to you this evening and I'm just so thankful to be here. Lord, so thankful for all that you've done for us. Lord, most of all, we're th- most thankful for your Son, Jesus Christ. Yes. Lord, and for the work that, that, that you've done through him on Calvary. And Lord, we just pray today that you would open up each and every one of our ears. Lord, that you would speak to us in a way that um, only you can. Lord, we pray for conviction of souls. Lord, we pray that the lost would be saved today. Lord, that you would open their eyes to their dire need. And Lord, we pray for us who are saved, that Lord, you would just draw us closer to you. Lord, I pray a prayer for, for myself that, Lord, you would just, uh, you'd use me, Lord. You'd allow me to be your vessel. Lord, I do love you. I give you all the praise, honor, and glory. Say it's in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Whenever I was praying and, 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 and searching for this message, I, I came across this passage of Scripture. And it it kind of made me chuckle at first because I, I know a little boy and you always got to be prepared for him. Brother John can attest, you turn your back to him for just a minute, and he'll get you. Whether it's a pinch, whether it's a boo, whether it's a, a, a stick, or whatever. You've got to be prepared, because you never know what, what, what he's coming at you with. And you know, I thought, that's so much like our world today. You know, we've got to be so prepared, because our world comes at us with so many different weapons. It was so many different tactics, you know. Here in First Peter, he's writing to to, to his audience, you know, some fifty, sixty years past um, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and and he's writing to it to encourage the, these believers that hey, tribulations, trials, persecutions are here, but gird up your loins, be prepared, be sober, be be, be vigilant. If, it says there, I I think it's in. Chapter 2, verse 14. No, that's not it. 5 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He's telling these people, be ready. And, in church, that's, that's what I want to tell us tonight is, is to simply be prepared you know I, i'm not c- comparing the times of today to the, to that of the reign of you know king nero or 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 these just god awful evil men who who were boiling christians alive but i tell you what our 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 culture is putting us in in lukewarm water lukewarm water and i think they either slightly increasing that temperature slightly increasing it day after day till we just become numb to that boiling hot water and until just we don't even realize that they're killing off the church day by day, degree by degree. And I think that's why it's so important that we we pay attention here to God's Word. Amen. It says in, in verse 14 there of chapter 1, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to your former lusts in your ignorance. See church, I... I I've really enjoyed this this revival. Even though a couple of nights I had to, to sit outside, and that, that's that, that's not quite the same. You know, I, I appreciate it, and and, and I'm, I'm we're blessed to have the the capabilities to do it, but it's not the same. But but I've really been blessed by it. In church, if we're going to continue to experience that revival, we're going if we're going to be the the vessel that we want to be to to be used in this community, if we want this church to to be the lighthouse that we desire it to be, then we've got to open up our eyes and. And realize that we can't be discouraged by the sinful trends of this world. Right. This world is going to be sinful. You know, Brother Step brought it forth uh, very well. You know, talking about total depravity. and that It's hopeless. There's no good in us. So church, we can't expect the world to be any different than that. Right. That's what we're here for. But we've got to hold true to the instruction of God's holy word. And, and Peter tells us to, to gird up our loins, be sober, and, and hope to the end. That, that, that girding up your loins is, uh, you know, picking up your bootstraps, pulling them up tight. Centering your belt on and and being ready to go at any moment, any time. Ready for when that opposition comes, I know where I stand. Amen. I, I know why I believe what I believe. In church, so often it's easy to back down. It's easy to fall victim to that. It's easy to to fall weak in those moments. But you know, Paul, he wrote something very similar there in a very popular passage of Scripture in Romans chapter 12. Verses 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. (coughs) Excuse me. See, church, conformity is something that has plagued the Christian people and put us in danger for since the very beginning. Just, just to, to weaken us, just to, 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 to get us to, to pull our mind off of that perfect will of God. We must be aware that, that the world's constantly searching for, for just a little bit of a crack. If they can find just a small crack, a small weak point, to just find that one moment where you've turned your back and you're fo- focused on something completely different, that they can jump up and, and catch you off guard. You know, I I believe that this world is is constantly watching the Christian people. You know, church and let's just be honest. They know what time church starts. They've seen the cars here every day this week. They know we're in revival. And they know when our cars are in our parking lots. They know when they're in our driveways. They're looking for a crack. We got to be careful not to not, not to let them find one, right. because that, all it takes is that little bit of crack where they can enter in, and and, and Satan and, and the world can begin to, to distance us from that perfect will of God. It, it's so often that, that just this slow conformity to to the things of this world, and that we so, it's so easy that the the world would rather see us. Fall into those sort of desires to see, rather than following after the desires of our Father in heaven. They'd much rather see us fall. They'd much rather see these church doors close. Much rather never hear another knock on their door to, to invite them to church to, to, to be handed a gospel track. But church, we've got to be. We, we've got to be prepared. Turn with me to, to Daniel chapter one. start by reading the first eight verses. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his land, with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasures house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel, and of the king's seed, and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well favored, and skillful in all wisdom, and cunning in knowledge, and understanding science, and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans." And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat, and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years, that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuch gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and to Hananiah Shadrach to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Let's stop right there for a moment. Gird up our loins and be sober. That's exactly what we see here in verse 8. But Daniel. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You see, that Daniel recognized what King Nebuchadnezzar is doing is not what I am meant to do. What King Nebuchadnezzar is trying to conform me to be is not who God has created me to be. King Nebuchadnezzar had a desire to, 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 to first... Changed their names, and I got into, it, into a little bit of a study there uh, of those names. Daniel it means that God, but King Nebuchadnezzar changed his name to Belteshazzar, meaning "Bell will protect." He changed Hananiah to, which means "God is gracious," to Shadrach, which means "Inspiration of the Sun." Mishael, which means God is without an equal. He changed to Meshach, meaning belongs to Aku. And he changed uh, Azariah, meaning the Lord is my help, to Abednego, meaning servant of Nego. He he tried to change who they were. He wanted to change the the very definition of who they were. He wanted to change their very diet. He wanted to change their learning, their language. But ultimately, he wanted to change the way that they thought. He wanted to change the, the, their, their thought processes. He wanted to, to, to truly change who they were. And, 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 church, that's exactly what this world wants to do. That they want to change the way we see things. Just, it's not that bad might as well make it legal. People are going to do it anyways. That's what this world tells us so many times. So often, Satan and this world, they don't have to do anything radical. They simply just make small changes. Small changes. Modernize God's Word. So many people will look at the King James Version and say, well, I get that, you know, it's... It's a good old tradition. It's a good old word. But all those these, thou's, and shall's, let's just modernize it into modern language. Let's give us a a, a new version. Let's contemporize the music. Let's let's soften the message. Get away from from, from talking about hell. Get away from talking about repentance. Get away from talking about the very gospel that saves our souls. Get away from, from... from 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 revival services. Let's make it more about entertainment, more about me and, and, and what we like. It's just these little sort of changes that will soon take us to where we're so far off, lost in the weeds, wondering That's right. what went wrong. That's right. where, where did I take this? And it's because we didn't have, our, we weren't sober to, to what was going on. We were so caught up with feelings that we didn't realize they're trying to, to, to pull us away. We got Church, it says in, in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 14 For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are called the sons of God. Let's. Let's think about that for a second. If I truly believe that by the grace of God and the blood of Jesus Christ that I am a co-heir, I I am a son of God, that I am responsible for for keeping what He has left me for. It is such a a falsehood to think, well, all right, I'm just going to sit back and and let, let these people do what they want and I'll do what I want. We wouldn't do that with our own inheritance. We wouldn't do that if, if it came to, 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 to what my mom and dad had. had and, and well, Whatever, we'll, we'll let that, all that get squandered away and I'll just take what I have and forget the rest of it. But we don't put that sort of priority, we don't put that sort of uh, passion behind the very things that we're responsible for that, that God has left us. The very reason that we're here is, is to glorify Him. And to spread the gospel. Right. We've got to be careful not to squander it all away. Chasing after the newest trends. Chasing after the newest method, methods. Compromising the old paths. I believe those old paths are put there for a reason. Amen. Right. Those old paths have been trod for a reason. But church, I promise... As long as we live in a sin-sick world, they're going to try and put stones in our path. They're going to try and trip us up and look for every opportunity that they can find. Which is why Peter says, gird up your loins and be sober. But church, that doesn't mean that we have to do it on our own. Because look, I'll I'll never have the, 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 the willpower to do it on my own. But I am thankful if you turn to First Corinthians chapter ten. First Corinthians chapter ten, verse thirteen. There hath no temptation taken you but is such as common to man. The conformity that the temptations that are placed there. It's not new. It's not a new trick. It's it's not anything that this world hasn't seen before. It's nothing that's not common to man. But God is faithful. I'm so thankful that we serve a God who is faithful. That that when this world does come at us and does push everything that they can on us, try and trick us in every way that they can, that my God is still faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able. But will with that temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. You know, there's, the, there's, there's that old saying that, that, I, that I always disagree with. You know, that They'll say, well, God will never, uh, you'll never be tempted more than you can bear. That's, that's not what that says. It says that He'll give you a way out. But church, the only way to, to be out, to, to find that way out, is to be Sober is to be prepared to deal with it. You see, when, when King Nebuchadnezzar and the prince of the unit came at uh, with Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the only reason that Daniel said, hey, that's not going to work, is because he was prepared. He was aware of the situation that he was in. He was aware of the sin that they were trying to place him in. And church, if we're not on guard and ready at every moment... Then we'll pass right by that escape. We'll miss that escape. I pray, church, that that we're ready. I pray that that we too can rejoice in in the fact of Hebrews chapter 4, where it says in verse 15 and 16, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in our time of needy. That is exactly what Daniel needed. That's exactly what we all need is the help of our Father in Heaven. But so often we get caught up in the methods, in the trends, and in, in what's possible, comfortable, and we don't even ask for help. We don't ask for the perfect and pleasing will of God. We go with what's easiest. We go with what's most satisfying. And church, that's going to lead us down a road of destruction. It's going to lead us down a road that leads to conformity. First Peter also goes on. He doesn't only tell us to gird up our loins and be sober, but he also tells us to hope to the end. Like I said, this world's going to continue to pressure us, and, and, and Peter's writing, "Don't get discouraged." And then we can be sober, and we can be ready, but maybe it's just me. Sometimes it's, it's just it's just discouraging. Sometimes seems like everything's just hard. You, you witness to the person. You you you, you invite the the, the people. You do what you're supposed to do and it's just just not working. They're not listening. He says, hope to the end. Just place your trust in Jesus Christ. Put your hope in Him. He says, hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So turn back with me then to to Daniel chapter 1. Continuing on there at verse 9, or we'll start back at 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the eunuch that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. And the prince of the eunuchs said, Daniel, I fear my lord the king who hath appointed your meat and your drink For why should he see your faces worse, likening than the children which are of your sort? Then shall you make me endanger my head to the king. But listen to what Daniel replies. He said to to Melzar, whom the prince of the eunuch had said over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Prove thy servants. I beseech thee ten days, and let them give us pulse to eat and water to drink. And then let our countenance be looked upon before thee and the countenance of the children that eat of the portion of the king's meat, as thou seest deal with thy servants. Daniel says, don't give us that meat, don't give us that wine, give us, basically, water and vegetables. And that prince says, you understand that if I do that, you're going to be a lot weaker. You're going to look a lot worse off than the rest of these individuals. And it's going to be my head. But Daniel said, just try. I've got my hope in God. I have my hope that if if I honor His Word, He's going to remain faithful. Church, that's that's a bold testimony. But it's a testimony that proves true every time. See, Daniel had no right Daniel had no authority. Daniel had no leverage in this moment. He didn't come to the eunuch with some, some sort of uh, power or authority to say, hey, you're going to do this. He didn't have any sort of leverage. If, if you don't do this, then I'll bring this up. He simply came, and, and that's where it all began, he simply came to, to, to this prince hoping, Lord, you know my heart. You know my heart's not to, to be cantankerous, not to be quarrelsome but it's to simply honor you and so I'm going to bring this forth and God honored it he placed his hope and God honored it but why? why was it such a big deal? it was a big deal because in Leviticus 11 it gives the the law on, on what they can and can't eat clean and unclean animals on even going as far as meat that was strangled, on how it was killed. So Daniel said, I can't take this, this meat that's been offered to idols. It will defile me. It's, it's sin. I... So he was willing to go forth with, without anything to this king and say, I don't want it. I don't want it. He had a sincere desire to be obedient to God's Word. And church, that's that's what so many churches are missing today. It is a sincere desire to say, I don't care what what the newfound prosperity gospel teaches. I don't care what what brings the people in and entertains them. I care what the Word of God says. I I care about sticking to to His instruction and being obedient to Him and His will. Nothing else. And he believed that God would honor that. Turn back with me to, uh, to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter seven. Verses 12 through 15 says, "Wherefore it shall come to pass, if ye hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thy covenant and the mercy." which He sware unto thy fathers. And He will love thee, and bless thee, and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb, and the fruit of thy land, thy corn, thy wine, thy oil, the increase of thine kind, the flocks of thy sheep, and the lands which He sware unto thy fathers to give thee. Thou shalt be blessed above all people. There shall not be male or female barren among you, or among your cattle. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness and will put none of the evil diseases of Egypt which thou knowest upon thee, but will lay them upon all them that hate thee. This is talking about God honoring His covenant to His chosen people of Israel. He says, if you will stick by Me, if you will follow My Word, you will follow My instruction, you will reside within My will, It'll all be worth it. I'm not saying there won't be troubles. I'm not saying there won't be trials. I'm not saying there won't be hardships. But I am saying that God will remain faithful. God will stick by you closer than a brother, He says. May we never forget Hebrews 11.6. But without faith it's impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We'll never be the church. We'll never be the Christian that we need to be if we can't place our hope in him. We'll never experience revival. We'll never experience that peace that passes all understanding if we can't place our hope in Jesus Christ. If we can't trust His entirety of His Word to say, He is faithful. He is just. You know, there's an old gospel song called, He's a Winner Either Way. And and that song, it, it points out so many good truths that point straight to faith. Whether I stay or whether I go, I'm a winner either way. You know, and I believe that, that that's the, the, the sort of uh, testimony that, that Daniel lived by. I'm going to make these, these, these bold announcements. I'm going to take these bold stances. Because I'm a winner either way. I believe that my God is faithful. And church, that's where we need to stand. Amen. Putting our hope to the end, Peter said. Not until things become unrational. But staying there till the end. And you know I was thinking as I was reading there in in that second portion of, of Daniel chapter one, Daniel didn't just even speak for himself. He said, For me and and and, and, and these others. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, don't bring us any of that. It's one thing to to stand boldly for yourself, but then also for for others. You know, and, and, and so many in, in today's culture, just simply turning down that meat. I mean, we're talking a three year span that he's going to be under the reign of of, of King Nebuchadnezzar. He says. Try me for ten days. I'll show you. But he means this for the entirety of his span that he's going to be there. I tell you what, after three or four days of vegetables, that, that steak would have had to start looking appealing. But you know, he had a desire. And then, how many in today's culture would be willing to look at Daniel's faith and say, you know what, I'm going to stand behind him. You know, And, and as a church, that's how we should look at, at our pastor, to, to see his, his faith, to, to see his diligence, to see his work in the community, and say, you know what, I'm going to stand behind him, and I'm going to do what I can to, to help him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could have looked and said, Daniel, you're on your own here. We want the meat. But they didn't. They stood behind Him. And they too followed the instructions of God. We've got to keep hope. For it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, church, I believe that if we truly put God first in our life, the rest will be taken care of. Forget the meat, forget the vegetables, forget the water, whatever it is. You place God first in your life. He'll take care of the rest. Notice though in, in the opening text of 1 Peter, hope to the end. That's the sort of life that we ultimately see in Daniel. We see it in Daniel chapter 3. When they come at him and say. Your prayer life. It has to change. You no longer pray. Morning, noon and night to your God. You bow to the king. He went home and he opened his windows. He prayed to God. And they came at him and. They brought him forth to the king and said Lord you know the, the laws that that we recently put into play. Death penalty for him. Daniel kept praying. Daniel was willing to go to the end, hoping to the end. Whether I get eaten by lions, or whether somehow, Lord, you intervene, my faith, hope, and trust is in you. But we see that in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they're told, bow down to the king. No, I'll, I'll go to the fiery furnace. I'll keep my hope and trust in the Lord. They hoped to the end. Church, that's where we need to be. That, that's the sort of testimony that, that we need to have is that we're willing to, to go the distance. To do whatever it takes. To be pleasing and honoring to our Father. Amen. You know, I'm not standing here preaching to, to, to dare to be a Daniel. I'm not telling you to to pray to be a Paul or or, or anything like that. I don't, I don't believe that's the standard. I believe the standard's much higher than that. For it says there in verses 15 and 16 of First Peter, "Be ye holy, for I am holy." See, church, that's that's where it really starts to to meet the road. But as he which hath called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Amen. The standard is much higher than Daniel, it's much higher than Peter, Paul. The standard is Jesus Christ. How do we compare to that tonight? You see, holy, to, but by nef- definition, it is to be separate, it is to be distinct. You flip over just just one chapter to verse 9. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. We ought to be a peculiar people, a peculiar people in in the midst of a world who who tries so much to, to shut the light in. Look, we're, He has brought us out of this darkness. And we ought to shine forth that marvelous light. Amen. Church, if we're going to escape, if we're going to be prepared, if we're going to be on guard against conformity, then we must be holy people. We must be a separate, a distinct people. We will never be the, 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 the lighthouse that's on a hill will never be the, the, the salt of the earth if we're simply being trampled on if we're becoming just as they are we need to be peculiar you see in first Peter, 1 Peter he's, he, he's not coming up with something new verse 16 there it says because it is written he's, he's quoting scripture from Leviticus 11:44. This goes to show that he's pulling his criteria out of the Word of God. In church, that's where we need to stay. Right here in the Word of God. If we're going to be a holy people, then we must live out of the direction of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And those two will never contradict each other. You see, this world, though, that's, that's where things begin to, to compromise. Well, you can't. You can't. That, that, that's old. That's antiquated. That, that, that's dated. I don't care. I believe it's living. I believe it's true, and I believe it's the standard in which we're going to be held against. If we're going to be a separate, distinct people, we must see all aspect of life through the lens of Scripture. That means we must put a. A value upon scripture. We we must treasure the word of God. We we must hunger to to understand. You know, for so long in in, in my early Christian life, I was guilty of coming to church and, and listening to the preacher. But that's where it ended for me. Going home and studying stuff out for myself. Never made time for that. I didn't put that sort of value upon the word. And it was because of that that I got led down all sorts of wild roads. All, all sorts of, uh, of, of false doctrines. Because I didn't value the Word of God as I should have. I didn't treasure it as I should have. Too often we conform to the ways of this world. And even if it's just for a moment, we look through a lens of, of selfishness. And we say, well... I know the Word of God says this, but right now in in this moment, oh well. And that just goes to show that we don't place the the, the value of of God's Word as we should. You see, I believe that we see Jesus set uh, the the perfect example of this. As, As He's just finished fasting, and the devil comes and begins to tempt Him. Every sort of temptation that that, that Satan brings against him. He looks at Satan and says, For it is written. For it is written. For it is written. He defended every temptation, not by his own wit, not by his own wisdom, but by the Word of God. And I tell you, if the Word of God is sufficient for Jesus Christ my Savior, it should be sufficient for you and I. We ought to place a, a treasury on it. But most importantly and lastly, if we're going to be holy, we first must know Him. Amen. I'll never be able to stand. I'll never be able to be distinct without a relationship in Jesus Christ. I'll never be able to know Him. I'll never be able to, hold, to, to, to be holy Without accepting that virgin birth. That, 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 that perfect life that, that He lived. I'll, I'll never be holy without understanding His sacrificial death upon a cross for my sin. I'll never be holy without understanding the, the, the resurrection on the third day. Only then to ascend to be with the Father. we got to know Him first. That's where it all begins. Close with one verse in Jeremiah. The pastor quoted this Sunday. Confirm this message for me. For it says in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 16 Thus saith the Lord Stand ye in the ways, and see and ask for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein. And ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, We will not walk therein. Church, that's where many are today. They know the old paths. You know where you ought to be. Are you there though? I plead with you today gird up your loins. Be sober, hope to the end. Not fastening yourself to the former lust of your ignorance. But be ye holy, for He is holy. Amen.